two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Tonight, I have a very special guest. Mr. Dave Cook is in the building. How you doing, sir? What's up, everybody? How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Doing well. Um, first off, just want to thank you for coming on um, and being open to share your story. Uh, definitely appreciate it. I know it's not always easy for everybody to to kind of open open up. So, yeah, definitely am grateful that you're willing to. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm one that, you know, I don't mind opening up at all, man, because it keeps me rolling, you know? I hear you. I hear you. Uh, for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions, some warm-up questions just to set the tone. Um, threw in a couple icebreakers just to keep it light in the beginning. Um, and then we jump into the main portion where you begin choosing numbers between 1 and 34. Sound good to you? Yeah, man. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my very first question for you is, how have you been? You've been uh, doing well. You've been doing great. How you been? Man, I've been doing great. I'll tell you the truth. Um, you know, I, life is good. I live over in uh, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Man, weather's been nice. Uh, it's been good. Have uh, you know? I got to Harley. Uh, got to ride a little bit in the past month. Not too much. My my lady's kind of down. She's got her got a hip replacement this mm -hmm. month. But you know, everything's going good, man. Kids are doing well these days. You know, my grandbaby's growing and keeping me going. Work is good everything's good dude i just you That's know awesome. sunshine around here man <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm very happy to hear that you're doing well uh i'm out here in california so we just opened up and things are a little bit getting back to normal it hasn't been normal for you guys out there for a while now yeah you know South Carolina has been a lot looser than you guys have on this. You know, we've been opened up for a while and, and in the Myrtle Beach area, you know, this is, you know, this is our time, you know, this is our time to shine and make the money. So it's been pretty wide open. We've been, uh, you know, we've been we've been open almost all year i guess pretty much uh we have a big golf industry down here so you know the golf courses have really been kicking it up through the springtime and now you can't get a hotel room my sister wanted to come down this week and and it was like i said honey if you can get a hotel room you're not gonna stay down here any place so you know that's just the way it is but it's good for the city it's you know people are getting back um our unemployment rates been dropping in three months in a row so people are getting back to work and you know that's kind of exciting for everybody when the economy starts kicking up you know no no absolutely um uh i think i'm feeling that wave right now here in california because we have been super strict so i'm always curious how other people's experiences have been you know where, they, where they're coming from uh yeah. <laughs> yeah so um for sure for sure um before we go any further uh let's jump into these icebreakers if you don't mind uh this first one is a uh, one word spelling bee. Um, so I don't know if you've seen you know, <laughs> if you've seen some episodes, then let me know if you've heard this word before. But uh, if you haven't, go for it. Uh, OK. How are you, how you feeling about your spelling skills? Feeling good? I'm not too bad. I'm a, I'm a crossword puzzle guy. So, you know, oh, I can, I, I'm yeah. OK. You got this on lock. You got this on lock. <laughs> uh, your word is going to be Presbyterian. Oh, P-R-E-S-B-Y-T-E-R-I-A-N. You got it. First try. Dang! <laughs> Come on, brother. 
I had to make it harder for you, man. I had to make it harder. <laughs> Dude, that was tough, too. Now, that, you know, that's kind of how my family was. You know, we were Presbyterian. I didn't, you know, you'll hear that story a little bit maybe. But, uh, you know, I didn't really go there and practice it. But, you know, so I guess that maybe that's how I knew. Yeah. <laughs> it was in there. It was in there somewhere. Dude, that was a tough one. That's the toughest word you ever give anybody from what I hear. <laughs> I've never heard a word like that. Come on. Um, my, my second choice for you was going to be soliloquy. Uh, you Dude, you, you would have got me on that one. Yeah, Dude, I would have got you. Yeah, we went coast to coast on that Presbyterian, man. Yeah, yeah, and you took your time. That, that, was, a, that was a good attempt, man. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, well, my second icebreaker for you is a riddle. How are you with riddles? Oh, not too bad. I'm kind of a critical thinker, so we'll see. Interesting. Okay, I'll, I'll give since I went like I guess easy on you on that first one. I'm gonna go give you one of the harder ones right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say. Well, you're a critical thinker. I think I think you might get this. You might get this. All right, let's see. Uh, the day before yesterday, and I'm not speaking for myself. This is just a riddle. But the day before yesterday, I was 21. The next year, I will be 24. When is my birthday? day before yesterday I was 21 and next year I will be 24 when is my birthday before yesterday I was 21 man you got me on that one bro no worries no worries. I, no, no words for that All right. I don't know you the, got me the answer is December 31st Day before yesterday, I was twenty. Oh, oh, is that, that, you know, oh, it's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a play on words right there. <laughs> Dude, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. You feel free to use that one. Feel free to nice, use that one. Nice, um, I like that. All right, well, uh, so, woo, let, here we go. Let's jump into the the warm up questions. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> my first one for you gonna be. What would you like the audience to know about you? Uh, it's the first time we're meeting, so you know if you're just gonna introduce yourself, what would you like the folks out there to know about you? Cool, man. So you know, um, you know, I'm a guy. Uh, I'm a 60 year old guy who's uh, you know lived half his life, more than half his life, in a mess, and now is you know turning his life around, trying to do good. Um, and I'm I'm a, a family man. I've been married uh, 36 years. Coming up this summer, I got three boys and a great grandson. My poor wife's got all boys in the house, but you know it's just you know <laughs> just the way that turned out. Dude, I uh, I work in a, um, a great organization, a nonprofit that um, I help homeless people, um, youth, um, 18 to 24, get in households and, uh, you know, actually get them in permanent housing, which is just, you know, a fantastic situation. Um, life's going good for me these days, uh, you know, just... Uh, Honestly, I've, I, I think I've figured it all out, you know, and uh, I'm able to help people each and every day. I'm able to spend time with my family every day. Uh, I don't stress anymore about things, you know. I think, uh, you know, life is just good. Um, hopefully I'll be, uh, you know, that legacy that, you know, I know you talk about, you know, hopefully that legacy, you know, people just say, you know, Dave was a good guy, you know, Dave was a guy that really loved people, really, um, you know, wanted to help people and did something, not just wanted to, but really went out and did something. That's me. 
That's awesome, man. Um, I mean, I think <laughs> I think I, I really vibe with you already. You know, just uh, just want to sound like where you're coming from, what you're trying to do in life. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to have you on and very Man, looking, no. I'm extra looking forward to this conversation <laughs> if I wasn't already, Dude, I'm happy I wasn't already. yeah man I'm happy to be here man this is great uh, you talked about feeling like you've figured it out uh, what do you mean by that so you know I've learned uh, life isn't about being what you can get you know it's what you can give and it's about that simple dude um you know i mean it's you know half my life i was chasing that dream chasing that high you know chasing that drunk chasing that stuff you know just getting accumulating accumulating and it was all about me 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 and now you know i i spend my time um again just trying to give um you know what can i do and it's not um it's not motivated by uh you know it's it's not motivated by any kind of selfish desires because sometimes motivation you know you have to really look at motivation of why we do things you know sometimes people are volunteering out in the community and they do things but it it's for the wrong reason because sometimes it's like hey look at me i'm doing this hey look at me i'm doing that and you know we're volunteering and hey we're on facebook you know hey look at this and we're doing all this and you know i've kind of learned you know throughout my days and i've been through that you know phase in my life and uh, i've done things for the wrong motivation and it's actually i went through an ethics class i graduated college last year by the way i got a bachelor degree in human services yeah thank you yeah. you know at 59 years old you know but i had an ethics class that really got me thinking about that my motivation in life and you know i knew i wanted to do things but I, I'm, I learned now to be careful about watching my motivation, you know, and why am I doing it? You know, am I doing this certain thing, you know, deeply or, or is it really just to really help somebody or is it some kind of a, you know, something that's building me up? Um, you know, on the inside, I have to be real careful with that because I do get out and do a lot of work now, you know, and, and um, you know, I'm a, I'm on a leadership team for Celebrate Recovery, it's a Christian based 12 step group and or a program. And, you know, so I do things, a lot of things in that. And I just, you know, I always have to check my motivation, you know, where am I at with that? I gotcha. Yeah. I think, you know, what, what kind of led me to this podcast was a similar feeling of, wondering what my motivation was um before my very first dream was to become a rapper and uh that that felt at a certain point i realized it was really more about my ego and you know trying to find this confidence in this role um because that's what i was looking up to was rappers on tv um and then i tried to start this clothing brand which i felt like i wrapped up into my identity like when i was introducing myself to folks it would be like oh yeah you know i own this clothing brand even though trust me it wasn't <laughs> it's nothing like that <laughs> uh, but uh yeah so yeah moving on to this podcast was like i mean i'm 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 so happy i found a way to have like 
I'm build. It feels like I'm building with people, right? Like I have you on here, and I like you are helping me build this thing, you know. And and it, I, I it feel makes me feel good to to. I don't I don't think other people see it that way. They see you know they're obviously the guests, but for me, just for me to feel good about what I'm doing with my life, it's like, all right, I'm I'm bringing these people to be a part of this bigger thing than all of us, you know. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I definitely get what you're. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's great. That motivation, you know, that just keeps you rolling. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, moving on to the second question in the warm up. Uh, right. If someone were to pay you a tribute, how would you like to be honored? So, if I was going to tell myself today I'm going to do something in the honor of Dave Cook, what could I do? Wow. If you were going to do something, am I am I dead or still alive? I didn't say that, but <laughs> um, <laughs> either way, either way, like you could, uh, I would just say you know, in, in general, like I foresee it, like if it was your birthday, maybe, you know, I could do it for you. And then afterwards I could continue doing it in, in your honor, you know? Yeah, man. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, a really cool tribute again, I told you that I, I, uh, work with, um, homeless guys and um, girls and uh, honestly if it um, any kind of tribute for me it would be either to do something you know have a have a Dave Cook uh, feeding feeding the homeless day um, you know out in the park or something like that something like that would be a pretty cool tribute to me um you know there's no doubt about it uh there's you know that's just a and it's something it's funny in myrtle beach there is a um kind of a funny uh not it's not funny at all there's an attitude about homelessness and they you know because it's a resort town so they don't want the you know outsiders and the you know tourists to you know see all the homelessness and so they kind of push and shun and move them into areas and spots and there was a a couple that used to after church on sunday they used to go in a park and they'd buy like 60 meals and they'd bring them and they'd have them in those clamshell things you know and they'd hand them out to the homeless dude they came and arrested him two times in a row two weekends in a row they arrested him told him it was against the law to do that to feed people in the park like that yeah and uh i i don't i don't know what the you know the law was that they cited so they obviously they quit doing it you know so to have something like that would be an honor to me it would be kind of like a you know hey yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, we'll feed them in Dave in Dave Cook's honor. <laughs> I got you. And you know what? Maybe there's a certain permit they just had to sign up, like sign up for to to be allowed to do something like that. Who knows? It could could be a lot of things. But that because that because that kind of blows my mind. Um, I don't know if out there. I know out here it's illegal to pay for someone's parking meter. Like you can't go around like trying to help people. Come on. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you decided for that one, but uh, wow. Yeah, I need, I need to do a crazy. segment of crazy laws and see if people think they're real or not. <laughs> but, That's a good idea. Yeah. That'd be a game show kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, all nice. right. I now we know. Now we know exactly what to do. Uh, in, in your honor. Um, last question of the warm up is on a scale from one to ten. 
How well do you know yourself? Ooh, I'm about a nine and a half. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but because um, I look at myself a lot. That's a daily thing now for me. That's part of recovery. Mm. Is, is a reflection, self-reflection? Or? Absolutely. Um, it's funny. I just talked about it tonight. I was in a, a meeting tonight. So I'm in a 12-step group, you know, with some guys that I, uh, um, you know, there's four of us. And we are very tight. And we work through this um, program of, um, it's the Celebrate Recovery Program. Again, that, um, you know, Christ-based uh, 12-step group. And yeah, we, um, we are getting right down to the end. You know, we're in step 10. And that's about you know looking at yourself every single day and uh we were just talking about journaling as a matter of fact tonight and um that's just another tool that i have fallen away from that i had just seen this um this journal keeps coming up on facebook it's a men's journal it's a, a nice leather bound journal and it keeps coming up on facebook and i was talking about it tonight and i was like dude this thing just keeps coming up i know i'm supposed to buy one <laughs> so that i can start journaling every day and that's it it's that daily self-reflection in that thing and uh you know i've been through the 12 steps now like three this is my third time all the way through so yeah i know myself really well um sometimes too well you know because then then i'm once you know yourself really well then you're responsible for yourself and uh so when i'm screwing up I really already know very well what I should be doing to do the right thing. So, you know, knowledge is power and power sometimes gets you into a situation. And uh, so, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm about a 9.5 on that. And uh, I'm going to get better because I'm going to get that journal tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm, what would you say is the benefits of journaling or if you have journal or you're just about to start? Is that yeah, but I've done it before, so, well, you know. Yeah, what would you say is the benefits of journaling? So, what's cool about it is, um, we were looking and, and we look at like a, a daily thing, you know, and, and you jot down, you know, some of the, the good things that, you know, you did today, you know, you, you know, journaling is, or, or self-reflection isn't always just about looking at the bad things and trying to fix it. You know, you're looking at the good things too. So you want victories along with your challenges. And so what you can do then is, you know, you can look back um, maybe at the end of each week and read through them and see where you're at. And, you know, definitely each quarter and go back and read through. And as you read through, you can start to see patterns in your life develop and you can see good patterns, what patterns that you need to nurture. Then you can see bad patterns, patterns that you need to come up with an idea how to change those, you know, behaviors. I gotcha. You know, throughout my life, there's always been brief moments where, where I attempted journaling, um, for like maybe a week, you know, uh, I don't know why I, I could never stick with it. Um, but, uh, Recently, one of the things that I feel like may have changed my life, uh, and I think it is, but um, I, I tried writing down every single memory I could remember, and um, and sometimes it'd be the bad ones, right? And I, it, it felt, it felt like I, I could let it go as soon as I wrote it. You know, it was, um, yeah, it from from my mind to I didn't write it physically. Maybe I should have, but I typed it up. But uh, yeah, just that process made me feel like I'm really 
letting it go um so i don't know if that's similar to what journaling could feel like for you but um i, I know for me that was that's what i got out of it and i, I kind of saw it as journaling too but yeah yeah, that's amazing because, you know, and it, and it is an outlet. And, you know, the more things that you start writing down, um, you know, I don't know how much you're familiar with, you know, 12 steps and that kind of thing. But um, the fourth step, you have to start um, writing down some things. And <clears throat> it's that's where most people drop out of a 12 step group is because you have to start writing down all the bad things that you did in life, but all the good things too. And it's the same thing, but it's that, like you say, you know, writing something down is there's power in releasing that, you know, I mean, there is real power because that's just, you know, it's part of admitting, you know, that you're not perfect and that there's things that you know is wrong because I believe innately, you know, you know, inside, we all know right from wrong. I mean, I think that we were all born right from wrong. My five-year-old grandson, you know, he's known right from wrong when he does something wrong and he knows it. And I just look at him, you know, he knows and he'll start crying or something, you know what I mean? Because he knows inside, you know, and, and I think we all have that, you know, and you know, we did things, but when we start releasing that, you know, and writing is a release, you know, and we put that stuff down in paper and uh, it gets real powerful when you have to share it with another person that you really trust. That's when it really gets crazy. But you want to talk about release, man, that's it right there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. An another way the pen is mightier than the sword, right? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, just got to ask you, what's what's your favorite thing about your personality? Wow. Um, I would have to say my favorite thing about my personality is that I always have a very positive, positive attitude and outlook. It's hard to, it's really gotten crazy out of hand lately. My, because my wife says it, you know, she's like, man you just don't ever get upset anymore about things you know it's just like everything's cool babe don't worry about it you know it's going to be fine we're going to get through this or you know whatever it is you know, I just have a positive outlook I look at things sunny side up all the time it's just there's no sense in not you know going no sense in going around with a negative attitude um it doesn't help anybody in any situation and i just think positivity you know it's just that groove you know my my 33 year old son you know he's pretty much a hippie he doesn't wear shoes he's got you know he's got them dreadlocks and he, he's sending me positive vibes every morning and all that stuff and you know and that's cool but you know and that's that's the situation you know it's just like hey man the day Every day is another day that we can go out and do something awesome, you know, and, and do something to, you know, make somebody else's day bright. You know, I'm that guy that'll open that door for you and give a big smile to you. And, you know, that might have been just the one thing that made your day. That could have been the thing that saved you from, you know, I don't know, you know, doing something dumb that day, you know, or doing something bad. And, uh, you know, I always feel like that. You know, I feel like, you know, I can just be that person that's always positive. I like to spread a little positive vibes around, you know what I mean? No, no, I, I am 100% with you. Uh, it, my, my approach to it is like, if 
if I'm either going to be, you know, feeling this way or that way, I'm, I'd rather be on that end of the spectrum, you know, or like seeing the world in that in that way. Even if I could be wrong sometimes, you know, I, I mean, for, for, but for me, it's like a better way of living. And I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, for sure. We, well, we made it to, to the main portion of the interview where you start to choose numbers between 1 and 34. Uh, got three levels, uh, easy, medium, hard. Where would you like to start? Um, I mean, how many questions we're getting in each? Let's do like, let's. Each one has 34. So we'll do, we'll yeah. do, we'll do, um, let's do, we'll do a couple of the easy ones. Um, right. Let's go, um, you know, lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. That's God's number. God's number? Yeah. Oh. That's it. I'm gonna ask you why right after this, right after this question. But uh, <laughs> what change would you like to see in the world, man? I wish the world would just be positive. <laughs> you know, there, and that's that's honest. That's so funny. That comes right after you know what we're talking about because there is so much negativity in the world. I think people are, you know, there's a lot of things like you know. And a lot's gone on in the past 18 months, you know, and people are just, people are just slammed, freaked out, tired, wore out, scared. Um, you know, so many things are going on, man. I was in, um, I was in a Walmart yesterday and I went, um, I always run through the self-checkout so I can get out of there. And, uh, I go running up and the, the lady that was like, working the little self-checkout she was like moving some bags and carrying putting bags in places and she was just right in front of me and and uh you know i was just sitting there kind of waiting for her because i was you know that was the only open one and you know she got there but and she just turned around and just had that kind of scowl on her face you know and just took off and kept on going you know and i just just looked at her for a couple of minutes man i just I, you know i just said lord you know just bless that girl because you know she's really sad she's distraught not feeling good and it's there's so many people like that in the world you know my heart goes out to them you know i don't know what their situation is you know and i don't know what's going on but i feel you know bad for them i have compassion for people and i think that you know i just i just wish something could happen in the world to bring everybody's spirits up all at once you know and it's not you know I don't know if it's it's not anything the government's going to do. It's not going to be throwing a bunch of money at us. It's not going to be, you know, any programs. Well, programs can help, but, you know, it's just, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be supernatural. You know, someday there needs to be something supernatural just to lighten the spirits, you know, just for a couple days, you know, get people to see another side. I would just like some, like some movie, you know, I just like to see something crazy happen. Some alien ship come down and drop a beam down. It just, you know, puts everybody in a Christmas spirit or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, it has to be some kind of like discovery, you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe a cure or like ending world hunger. Everyone's just like rejoicing, like we did it together yeah. and, and, and yeah. globally, you know, globally, not just uh, nationwide, right. but right. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. You had made me think of something, but I had a, uh, it flew my mind. So I'm sorry. Seven, 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 bro. 
seven. Oh yeah. Why? Uh, no, that that was number seven. That was number That's seven. biblical. It's biblical. No, but you wanted to ask me why it's God's number. Yes. Oh, uh, why God's number? Because it's biblical. That's you know God was. There's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of sevens um, that show up in the Bible and the seven days of creation. You know that's you know and we have seven days a week. But there's a lot of different places in the Bible that talk about the number seven. That's why I said it's God's number. Gotcha. I know the seventh day, uh, God rested, right? Is that that's right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's why we try and lay out on Sunday. I'm busy as anything on Sunday, but <laughs> you, you got to have one, that one day, though. That one day where you can relax. I hope you do. Actually, Saturday is the seventh day, and I don't work on Saturday. I play with my kids or ride my Harley. <laughs> I gotcha. That sounds like a good Saturday to me. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. <laughs> Uh, how long you been uh, riding motorcycles for? Man, I got my first bike when I was in the Navy. Um, I was about 20, 21 or 22 years old. So that would be 38 years. Been a while. What would you say is a common mistake for anyone who's trying to get into, you know, riding a motorcycle? Like, you know, I don't ride motorcycles, but like, yeah. is there a stereotype where, you know, I, I might be coming into it thinking this one thing, but yeah. What would you say? Well, you know, younger guys, because, you know, we have a lot of, we have a couple bike rallies down here and, um, you know, really three of them, major bike rallies. And the younger guys that, you know, drive their motorcycles, like, you know, they're race bikes. Um, they are race bikes, but they ride them like they're on a racetrack in the city. Um, that's, you know, not cool. That's, that's a major mistake. Um, something to, you know, it's, I've, people get killed on motorcycles in Myrtle Beach all the time in these big bike rallies. And, um, you know, major mistake is also thinking that other people are um, looking for you because they're not. And, um, you know, I don't ride in the city much. If, if I ride in the city, I'm in an organized ride with, you know, 200 different bikes and I've got police escorts and, you know, that's how I ride in the city. Otherwise I'm out in the woods or we heading out to the mountains. You know I mean? That's what, that's what's up with us. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, go ahead and uh, throw me another number. All right. Let's, let's try, um, gosh, I don't know. 23. 23. What does unconditional love look like for you? Dang, I don't even have that list in front of me, and I think this is awesome. What a hit that was. Dang, bro. (laughs) Nice. Man, unconditional love is just so cool once you figure it out. Um, So that, you know, recovery and unconditional love go along with each other. There's a lot, lot happening there. Um, you know, unconditional love and, and let's just go in my family. We talk about that a little bit. You know, my, my wife, uh, you know, she, she should have left me, you know, she did leave me three times. I mean, we were separated three times, but she should have been gone forever. Um, she should have kicked me out forever a long time ago. Um, but you know what she is, you know, she's always believed that, you know, God was going to make this thing right. And, um, you know, she always knew, she always saw, she saw the guy that I really am. She saw me now who I am now, she saw him a long, long time ago. 
and she stuck with me and stuck with that guy because she knew he was going to come and and he did come out you know and he's finally here but you know her believing in me and praying for me you know all those years man i think you know that was a real show of unconditional love um you know she you know just went through it and did it all um our boys you know it's uh they've done a lot of stuff and uh you know i've got my 33 year old is um, a recovered heroin addict and my 24 year old um, is still an active alcoholic my 16 year old is you know not not hit any of that he's they call him the golden child actually but he um you know and he might not i mean who knows they were all raised um with a different dad really because their dad was at different points of his life you know because they're very spread apart as you're by the ages so but you know it doesn't matter what those kids do um you know until you're are you a father I, i'm not okay not yeah. it, when you become a father you'll figure out that unconditional love at some point because it doesn't matter what they do you will love them unconditionally there is nothing that anybody can do to tear that love you know for your kids away and i mean it's a bond that the day that that child is born and you look in their eyes and you pick them up and hold them a lot of times in your one hand you just it never changed man it'll never be the never be the same yeah I, uh I think that's that's something that I um I guess a part of me kind of fears, you know? Like in in, in me I feel like it, when that moment happens, I don't feel like my life will well, wow, damn. I feel so selfish now. <laughs> feel so selfish just just talking that out. But um, <laughs> it's tough, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that that's a reason why it, it's, it isn't time for me yet but um yeah interesting interesting uh thank you for sharing your perspective on that unconditional love also you know i think it is more rare nowadays too you know like I, um my folks you know just a little backstory on like you know how i was raised my dad also had to overcome some things as well when it came to substance abuse um and yeah my mom you know could have could have left um and you know either taken me or you know did her own thing but you know, they're they're one of the greatest examples i have of love you know sticking together and believing in each other so definitely under, understand that story uh, that's cool it's home. good congratulations for that <laughs> thank, you. thank you glad for them oh, and you absolutely absolutely because yeah that's I, I work with kids right now who are um are going through some stuff and not all their families are together and I just can't imagine what it'd be like um, so and I, I see it all the time myself and uh, you know it's terrible um, you know broken families broken families really there's a you know that's another thing that you know if there was something I would love to see I would love to see every kid have you know two parents and you know because I think it makes a big difference in people's lives it does it does um i don't know you, you ever like 
I feel like there's more of a awareness within my generation or your son's generation where, you know, people who don't feel like they'd be good parents are avoiding it, you know? Like, is that... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's happening, which is interesting, but also, like, you know, I, how, how it's different from past previous generations, right? It, we had the baby booming era and everything, so... Uh, but yeah. Well, yeah. that was that was a little different because they were all coming home from the war. True. See, <laughs> I'm pretty ignorant, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're just not as old as me. That's all. I am a baby. I am a boom baby. So. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to another number. Let's. We're gonna step up a category. Let's go to medium, and uh, let's go medium number fourteen. Medium number 14. Uh, what is your pet peeve? Oh, wow. You know, I, I, there's things that I'm just sad about. You know, it's just so sad. Uh, dishwashers, man. Um, so I used to be really big about the um, forks with the forks and the knives with the knives in the dishwasher. You know, so I kind of let up on that. I thought, you know, well, I'll just let up and I'll ease up on that dishwasher thing. So I did that, but I still can't stand it when people can't put the rest of the stuff in the dishwasher the right the way Dave wants it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got you. I am, dude, I am so sad. I am like, there is something wrong with me, bro. I will, I will go in there in the dishwasher and I open it up and I am rearranging. I am moving stuff. I gotta move the cups over here and those little bowls over there. And oh my God, who put this on the top shelf? Put it down on the bottom, dude. I can't stop. I don't know what, I'll have to go to a 12 step meeting to figure this one out too, man. I gotta have to, I can't stop doing it. My pet peeve is that and um, people that don't know how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible in the car. I am, I am, I am, that's sad too. I am so bad. And that's something I was talking about in the meeting today. That's, that's when I'm at my worst self is when I'm in the car. <laughs> you know, and that's one thing that, uh, it shouldn't be, but it is kind of subjective of, you know, when, <laughs> what causes you a good driver. <laughs> a good driver. <laughs> hey, I'm from Michigan originally. So see, we make cars so we can drive them better. <laughs> Yeah, that, that'd be funny. If you ever come out here, check out my drive and let me know if I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> we got the, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the California roll. You ever heard of that yes. term? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's real funny. <laughs> my wife loves the California roll. No. <laughs> the no real one. No one's there. Oh, I, guess, I was going to say, no one's there. <laughs> but, uh, for sure. I've uh, driven in California. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I've been on the five. Is it the five? It's the five, yeah. Um, from the, that I've been on the five. Sure. Did it, yeah, did LA to San Diego down to Tijuana. Yeah. yeah. Still I still haven't been to Tijuana actually. I need to get out there. Yeah, my brother it. took me my brother took me when I was like fifteen or sixteen or something, I guess sixteen years old, took me down to Tijuana. And uh, you know, there was that's part of my whole alcoholism deal because my you know, my older brothers, you know, were always turning me on to stuff. And uh yeah, that was a rough day. He got a DUI that night, as a matter of fact. I had, I was I was passed out out on the highway waiting for my sister in law to come pick us up. 
and I'm I'm laying there with another friend out in the middle of the out there on the side of the road, <laughs> passed out. This was before, they took, and they took him to jail. <laughs> this was before cell phones, before all that. How how did you? Oh yeah. How did I, you? Did, like, you know, I don't know how all that happened. I'll, hey, dude, I was. I was not in any condition to really remember much. I got you. I was 16 years old that had been drinking tequila all day and drinking beer and throwing up in a place called the Long Bar. I remember it very well, actually. I remember some of it anyway. I got you. I got sad, you. sad day. <laughs> a tough one. A tough one for sure. Uh, well, thank you for for sharing that. that story. <laughs> Any, yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to throw you a curveball right now, actually. Uh, it's, right. it's one of the questions that I choose for you, and uh, it's going to be a fill-in-the-blank. Um, and, you know, you had kind of mentioned it, so I'm kind of curious what your perspective is on it, but uh, religion is blank. Yeah, I'd like to say a couple things, but I'll, I'll, I'll be careful um, with that. For sure. For sure. Um, religion is blank, so... I almost want to say religion is fake. Um, I don't know how to describe what I feel about it. Am I going to get to expound on this? Great. Here I go. Um, so I was religious for uh, a good period of time. I never went to church when I was a young kid. I wasn't brought up in the church. Somewhere around 1991 when my wife and I were um, either just coming out of the second um second separation um somebody invited us to a church and i went there and um i really um i met jesus um for the first time really and uh <clears throat> i got tied into that church i got sober for about nine and a half years um and got right into that church but it was a real religious kind of situation and um, remember I was talking about motivation and doing things and all that stuff. Well, I became, um, you know, I worked all the time. I was doing the works of the church and I was volunteering and doing stuff. And then I became a children's pastor and, you know, it was just, it was all just a big facade, you know, it was just big, whole oh, big children's pastor, you know, it was just a bunch of junk is what it was. And it ended up, um, the pastor ended up falling. Um, I had quit my career. Um, I was at 10 years at, um, Wendy's and, uh, I was a, a district manager. I quit my career to go full time with that church. And two months later it fell apart. Um, at that point, dude I just spiraled down I just went and I, I ended up you know more into drugs and alcohol I found cocaine after that you know and it just got it was just terrible and I went on a oh gosh I don't know probably a 10 12 year you know stint you know where it was really bad but um, when I came out of it and I went to rehab and I um got out of rehab and had to figure out, you know, what I was going to do out in the real world. I started going to, um, AA and, uh, um, not a 
commonly thought of as a spiritual program, but uh, I got more spiritual in AA than any place. And um, I learned there where there was such a big difference between being religious and being spiritual. Um, you know, being religious is, seems to me as um, rote learning, if you would, you know, just kind of, you know, knowing all this Bible knowledge and being able to quote scriptures and, you know, all this stuff, you know, that people do. And, you know, and at that point, you know, but being spiritual is having a relationship, you know, with, you know, your higher powers, what they would say at um, AA meetings. Um, for me personally, that would be Jesus Christ. And, you know, but for some people who, you know, whatever it is, whatever they're connecting with, and that's what's cool about it, because religion will say, you know, you have to be your Presbyterian or your Catholic or your charismatic or your Protestants or, you know, whatever. So, you know, whereas, you know, a, a spiritual person is somebody who has a connection with their higher power. And, you know, that's that's the difference to me. You know, religion, to me, it kind of it's just kind of seems fake or it's or it's too struck or it's box it's boxed. It's like you're putting your higher power who they called, you know, God, I guess. And, you know, they put him in a box and they carry him around. Whereas spiritual <clears throat> Jesus sitting right here next to me, you can't probably see him, but he's right here and he always is. And when I do something wrong, I kind of feel him tapping on my shoulder, you know, saying, mm, maybe not Dave. Gotcha. Oh, did you have another thing to add? I know you said no. there's a couple of things. I was going to say, did I answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you did. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I would consider myself more spiritual more than anything. Uh, my, my little shrine in, in my house, I have like like a little bit of uh, an ode to each religion, you know, because I kind of like think we're on the same team. Well, for the most part, right? We should be. Uh, should be. Yeah, we should be. Um, so, yeah, that's a... That's that's how I kind of view things as far as uh, you know spirituality. I my higher power is uh, I mean God, God in the universe is like synonymous to me. You know, if I'm praying to God, I'm praying to the universe and vice versa. Uh, yeah, it's just pr pretty like crazy feeling to to kind of you know again I could be wrong, but it, it almost feels undeniable that there is a higher power and something that's greater than us out there, right? Like. We see things, we experience things, and, you know, yeah. You got to know. I mean, what what is that inside of you that said that's wrong when you were, you know, when you were a little boy and you did something wrong, you knew you did something wrong. Well, where, where do you think that's coming from? You know? Yeah. There's some, something's going on. And you say kids, yeah, kids will do something and then turn around to see if anybody saw. And <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, just a heads up, uh, Mr. Cook. We got about 15 minutes left in the podcast. I uh, just wanted to thank you thank you again for coming on. Um, been having, I feel like we've been having a great conversation, and I hope you're having fun. Me too. I'm having a really good time. <laughs> I hope it's living up to the hype for you. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. I'm on it. For sure. Um, let's go ahead and tackle another number. Okay. Let's um, let's try 28. 28 medium still? 
Yeah, we'll do you one more medium. For sure, for sure. Uh, when was the last time you stepped outside your comfort zone? Oh, wow. Um, we're running through my week because I do it just about every every week to tell you the truth. So, um, oh man, I have so many comfort zones, bro. I feel so comfortable with myself. It's hard. We went to um, went to Charlotte this week with uh, a <clears throat> with my leadership team at work. And um, we went to visit another program that's similar to ours um, here in Murray Beach. So we went there and I'm always kind of the, um, I'm not real quiet. I've really come out a lot since I got sober, you know, and I talk, talk a good bit to people. But I, um, you know, I'm still always just, my boss, um, I've, only, I've been at my job for like a year and I got hired and dude he is he's like the greatest guy in the world to work for he's just excellent super easy going guy it's really cool and what we were doing was visiting a program that he used to run um or he was a big part of um before you know and so so I was just like I was gonna lay back you know and be really you know just be chill you know and just kind of take in everything and watch and I was like, you know, I saw him and he was talking, you know, and he was so in his zone and I'm real comfortable in my skin, like in our own program, you know, we've got three different programs and I, you know, no matter which building I'm in, you know, I, I'm comfortable and, you know, I'm still a little out of space, but, you know, I decided I'm going to just jump out because everybody else was being quiet. You know, all my other team, they weren't asking questions and stuff. And man, I just started to go, you know, I just, I started looking around at the places and I was like, there's a bunch of stuff that I want to know about this place. And I just started, bam, asking questions you know and I got going and um um Curtis was really uh Curtis Curtis likes that you know I mean it really you know it was so it was nice I impressed my boss not what I was looking to do you know I really I really learned a lot of things and what it kind of taught me is you know I've been in a lot of positions where we do that you know I've been to I don't know, seminars like down in Tampa or St. Pete's and stuff. And we go visit different programs and do things. And, and, um, you know, I'm always, you know, I, I'm always checking out things, but there's always something in somebody else's program that you can take. So I just stepped out and just started talking to everybody. Every part of the program that we went to, I just started asking a whole bunch of questions and they weren't, they weren't even involved in my, my, you know, my part, you know, um, housing you know young adults we also have a drop-in center and a crisis center that's for 12 to 17 year olds but in all those places i just started asking a bunch of questions because the leaders of those areas weren't you know they weren't asking a whole bunch right away either but what was cool once i did break out and i just started talking and asking a bunch of questions they kind of jumped in there and started doing it too so maybe i helped them get free from their zone you know by mm -hmm. doing that I stepped out and then they stepped out. So that's kind of cool. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it, it takes that, especially if like, you know, those folks trusted you, then they could, they see you doing something. They're like, okay, you know, I, now I feel more comfortable. I, I see that happen in a lot of like places. I've, I've had 15 jobs in 10 years. So I've seen a lot, a lot of people. That's crazy. <laughs> 
it is it is crazy uh and it, i will say it's something i'm a little insecure about because you know a lot of folks out there would say it's a it's a negative but I, honestly for me at least i feel like it's a positive just because i've been able to experience a lot and meet a lot of different people and for, for me i've never been fired it was always like a choice for me to to move on so um yeah it was more so i don't think i ever found my, the right spot for myself but now i i think i am um you know, I mentioned I work with the youth and for, for me to find my, my my wholeness and my balance, I felt like, you know, in my day job, I want to make sure I'm serving the youth. And then in the evening doing this podcast, I can serve, you know, everyone else. So that's very cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that um, uncommon for um, people in your generation to do that. Um, uh, and really, it's almost a seeking and finding thing, you know. Um, you know, your generation, again, is um, a little more needs that immediate satisfaction. And it's hard to get that if you're in a 20-year job. Um, you know, it's it's way different than, you know, the old days. Um, like my five-year-old says, you know, back in the olden days, like two weeks ago. But um, he... Um, I had a professor once and she was talking about it and I'm old school. So I hire, I hire um, people periodically. So I get, you know, tons of resumes in and I look at them and, you know, like my resume, like I got like three or four things on, you know, jobs that, you know, and they started in, you know, 1985 and I'll look at these resumes and I go, my God, this girl's got 10 jobs and it's like two years. I'm just like, Oh my God. And it's like, it seems like nine months is, you know, like, uh, you know, a good, you know, term that people are having with these jobs. But my professor said that she was like, it's good to have, you know, jobs like that. She said, people are, they don't do that anymore. You know, they just kind of, you know, they go and if they don't see what they need there, if they're not meeting, um, you know, they're not being able to accomplish what they want to accomplish, they move on. And you know what, in a lot of ways, that's probably a real good way to do it because look at you you went around you did that but now look at you bam you got your spot you know i mean you fell into what you wanted to do and you got it so who cares how many things are on your resume you know you're doing it now bro yeah yeah i mean it, it all it all comes together and makes sense after the fact sometimes you know yeah, and uh, absolutely <laughs> that's funny i i think a lot of folks have told me like that's just your generation this is what we do and like i feel like companies kind of know that and kind of expect that turnover not like it was before uh yeah i mean you know if they didn't cut so many corners all the time maybe we would stay <laughs> uh, that's right that's a whole <laughs> other <be>. thing <laughs> but uh, for sure that's a uh, tackle one last number all right so we're probably got to be in the um in the last category we, oh, so let's do uh i don't know let's do number 34 man awesome uh, thank you for that I, lo I love it when my guests choose 34 uh, <laughs> so this one is when was the last time you flew too close to the sun like your your icarus story where maybe you were too overconfident and you were, and then it just kind of like crashed on you yeah. You know, so the organization I work with, um, it's the second time that I, I work there. Uh, 
I um, Ken, I told you I've been there for just about a year. Well, um, four years ago, five years ago, maybe something. Um, I worked there then um, only for nine months. I'm kind of like you and uh, in that zone. So I, I got into there and it's a um, I, I worked in the crisis center that takes uh, runaway homeless youth that are 12 to 17 years old and um, short term we get a lot of them from DSS um, Department of Social Services and Department of Juvenile Justice um, short term house them until they can find placement for them um, runaway kids uh, until we can you know hopefully get them back with their family or get them um, you know into some kind of a placement situation so I was there and um, I was the program director for that home and it was a beautiful brand new home when I got there. It was just, it was, it's a great place to I lit work. I just, man, we had a grand opening, uh, you know, our senator came and it was just, you know, it was like this ideal position for me. Well, you know, I told you I'd worked with Wendy's and I was a DM. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a manager. I, I run things and that's, you know, I'm an organizer and administrator and that's what I do. And the, um, the person that was the executive director of the organization, um, she hired me and I thought she hired me to run that building. And, um, she more hired me to be a puppet, I think, because she was a huge micromanager and, um, we, we banged heads often. And, uh, one day I flew a little bit too close to the sun and, uh, there was a situation and it had to do with hiring someone, um, interviewing someone. I had finally, after nine months, got her to change the policy that pulled her name off of the, you know, the process to get, you know, somebody hired and plugged it back into the very end of that process. And one day she just, you know, started snapping at me and, um, another girl um who was the uh outreach coordinator i think and wendy and we were interviewing a girl and she had text wendy and said hey where are you guys at and she said well we're in david's office doing an interview and so oh, how come nobody told me about the interview or something and uh you know i just blew that off when wendy told me and we had a meeting all three of us in her office uh <laughs> And uh, I carried the policy um, that she had just written over because <laughs> I knew we were going to have that conversation. And I dropped it on her desk <laughs> as I flew towards the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she didn't take it very well. And, you know, don't tell me, you know, don't put my policy in front of me because I wrote it and I know what it says. And I says, well, and if you're barking at me about interviewing somebody, you're wrong. And, uh, you know, I, that's right. When I, the, I went by and it, it just started singeing my ass a little bit right there when I went <laughs> by the sun and I kind of twirled back and thought I was going to come back home. And, you know, she told me I needed to leave. And, um, so I walked out and, um, on my way out, uh, I had this big stack of papers because uh, we were getting ready to have a big inspection from the uh, um, Housing and Urban Development. You know, the U.S. government was coming to town mm -hmm. and uh, the people that give us a quarter million dollars a year. And I kind of lifted it up and dropped it on the floor and I said, good luck with that. And... Um, <laughs> It, felt good, I went to my, <laughs> it did feel really good. So, dude, I was 
I was in my office and I was packing up stuff and she came over and she said, well, I didn't tell you to pack everything up. And I said, oh, well, are, are you going to tell me that you were wrong? And she said, no, I don't want to talk about it right now. I just want you to leave the property. And I said, okay. And so I left and I went home. So she was, um, how I got into that job was a professor of mine was, um, best friends with her they grew up together and so she kind of turned me on to it so so that night the professor called me and she said you need to write your resignation letter now <laughs> she said i don't want you to get fired from your first job out of college <laughs> so i wrote my resignation letter and i left wow but but you know lo and behold three years later after 14 years in the organization she walked out on a monday morning she had gotten another job and she left and uh the uh, president of the um, board of directors called me um that week and asked me if i was interested in coming back and uh so when it took it was about nine months later you know and so i kept in high contact with them uh, calling them all the time but when they got a new executive director in and and uh, we got together and then a few months later, you know, finally got me on board in a whole new position, you know, something that is much more challenging for me, greater. I work from home, um, you know, I'm out in the field a lot, but it's nice to, you know, I work in my scrubs. My wife's a nurse and I started liking scrubs. So I'm buying scrubs from my, I hang out in the house, my scrubs or my shorts <laughs> and, you know, I work, you know, it's awesome. Do a lot of Zoom meetings. <laughs> what a story. That is... <laughs> I've never, I've never had that kind of experience. I never got to go out in a blaze of glory. Or, yeah, uh, dude, or it was anything. good. Just a little singe, just a little burn ass. It wasn't too bad at all. That's what's up. That's what's up. And look at me now. I'm back, and I'm better than ever, baby. And mm -hmm. I see her in. I see her on Zoom meeting. She's in like uh, one of the coalition boards that I'm on, and I see her, and I'm just like. She actually works in the hospital. She's the foundations director um, of the hospital that my wife works at. So my wife sees her once in a while too, and Jeannie just turns around and goes the other way. She didn't even want to look at her. I wish someday you guys could laugh about it, you know? Maybe, hopefully. I, oh, I, dude, we laugh about it all the time. Oh, it's awesome, great. awesome. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, hey, it was there was no i was sick i didn't i wasn't sleeping at night she just drove me crazy she's the maximum if you ever been around a micromanager dude she was the maximum micromanager she emailed you and if you didn't answer her email in 10 minutes she's like emailing back why haven't you answered my email because that is not the only thing i do in life <laughs> that's why you know yeah yeah you're right Right. Man, do we have a good time or what, dude? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, I mean, we're over uh, the the hour, but don't bit, even, I'm not I'm not worried about it. Um, we do. I am moving on though. We we <laughs> we made it to the concluding portion of 34. Uh, but before we get there, there's this new thing I've been doing. I don't know if you heard it or not, but uh, it's called the 34th mantra. And uh, I'm having guests come on and do this mantra with exercise with me. The phrase that I want you to fill in for yourself is I am, I can, I will. I am blank, I can blank, I will blank. I would just <sighs> fill that out for yourself. Man, I forgot to fill that out. I saw it. I am, I can, I will. I am, I can, I will. Yeah. I am, 
I am humble. I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. And I will continue to love and help all the people in the world that I can each and every day. I feel it. I feel it. And if you ever need a reminder, now you got this little sound bite of yourself. Uh, Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. For sure, for sure. I'm glad you appreciate it. Um, yeah. It's, uh, that's that's the new thing. I, I don't think all the episodes that I've released so far have, have that yet. Um, that's going to be a nice little twist at the end. Uh, but yeah, made it to the the finale of 34 Questions. Have a couple closeout questions for you. If you don't mind, I know we're running over a little bit, but if you got no, the time. No, no. I'm all, yeah, I got time for you, man. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, this question is actually from my previous guest. And shout out to Diane. Sorry, I have blanked out. Had to check her name again. But Diane's <laughs> question for you is, what... What is your favorite memory from growing up? Man, my favorite memory from growing up, I'll tell you what. So, and although I don't live anywhere near snow anymore, man, I just loved going out in the snow with my buddies and just hanging out and, you know, going and you know having little snowball fights you know and just going and building little snowmen and stuff and I loved hanging out in the snow when I was a kid I don't like snow anymore <laughs> I don't I like snow I just don't like the cold but man I used to just in in being out in the snow when it was just like really snowing hard, you know, Michigan, dude, it's, you know, it was coming down and, and we just be trudging through snow and man, it was crazy because I just loved it. There was nothing better to me. Summer was okay, but I really loved the winter when I was a kid and I had a lot of good friends and, you know, it was just different, you know, times were different back in the 60s, you know, it was just a whole different vibe. And uh, life was great for me um, growing up. Um, but being just hanging out, you know, hanging out with my buds in the snow, playing around, you know, beautifulness. And that was it, man. That was my thing. For sure. For sure. Uh, thank you for sharing. My second question for you is, what would you like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 Questions? You could go heavy or light. It's up to you. Man, I, I uh, you know what I like to always know? I like to know what people are, what people are reading these days, because I think books are a lost art um, in a way, you know, and I know there's a lot of them out there. Um, but I like I always like to hear, you know, what are you reading, man? Because it's cool after you, um, after you listen to their podcast and you hear them answer all their questions and you kind of getting to know them, and then you go, well, what are you reading today? You know, what's going on with it? And sometimes they say, I'm not reading anything because books are becoming a lost art. I read mine on iPad, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, what I like about this question is that it can be kind of be taken in any way, right? Like, depending on who I'm asking, they will. I'm reading comments, or like, I'm, absolutely, I'm, I'm reading signs. I don't know, you know. Uh, so, yeah, yep. I, I wonder who's gonna end up with this one. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. And then, my last question for you—the question that ties everything together. Uh, 500 years from now, um, our descendants are watching this video. 
what would you like to tell them? Man, I'm, I'm glad you made it that 500 years because I will tell you today, I would think that you didn't. I would love for you guys to just keep continuing on loving each other and keep it going, man, because somewhere out there, go find my grandson. His name, his last name is K-O-C-H, Cook. Go find him. Oh, for sure. Uh, any uh, last things you'd like to say or add before we head out? Oh, tell, tell the folks about your podcast and where to okay. find Okay, yeah, yeah, let's let's plug the podcast. So, um, you know, Recovery for Real. Um, real talk with real people about real recovery. Um, you know, and recovery, everybody always goes to drugs and alcohol. Well, you know, recovery is not just about drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, you could be addicted to food and you could be, you know, have um, some kind of hurt habit or hang up about, you know, anything you know there could be things you could have lost the son to, uh, to drugs or you could have lost the son to a car crash um you know i have friends i've got three different friends um that have lost their children really god more than that i probably got 15 friends actually that have lost kids um that i know so there's a lot of different things um you know that we talk about on the podcast it's not just drugs and alcohol um of course you know that's who i am so you know i talk about that a good bit but man any place you can find podcasts pretty much you know definitely apple and spotify and google podcasts you can find me at recovery for real recovery for real.com and uh you know that's it bro come and listen Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have all the info uh, down at the bottom, wherever you're catching this. If it's on YouTube, the description, if you're checking this out on Spotify, it'll be in the notes. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you again, sir, for, for coming through, sharing your story. I think our conversation was excellent. Uh, and Man. so I definitely appreciate it. Uh, thank you. 34 favorite podcast, bro. Uh, man, that, that that means a lot to me. That means a absolutely. Lot. And I listen to a lot of them, but I like this one. This no. is me. <laughs> now I now I know because I, I didn't. You know, I saw the 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 little little dot in in my um, analytics that was saying it was getting played out there in South Carolina. But now I know it says it's you. <laughs> That's you, me, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Want to thank all the folks out there for checking out the the podcast as well if you're catching this on spotify or youtube uh, definitely appreciate your time and interest and uh i gotta say that thing that is always hard for me to say but uh if you like it um uh, if you like it go like it if you loved it subscribe and share um definitely appreciate that as well and <laughs> man I, I don't know why it feels like you know i'm grinding you wrote it you can it. change it if you need to <laughs> I could change it. I could change it. I was, trying, I was trying to make it work for myself. I thought, dude, I did it like 14 different ways. <laughs> See, my problem is I think everything's a great idea. So that first thing is like, oh, that's the best thing. And I'm trying to make it work. But yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, brother. But uh, remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace, Peace y'all. Uh, before you head out, sir. Yeah, uh, man. Got a quick favor to ask you. If um, okay, you probably maybe.